Hey there, and welcome to a new episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick. I'm here in my backyard. I've been uh, busy in the garden for most of the morning. I'm recording this on uh, uh, Ascension Day, which in the Netherlands and in some other countries in, in Europe is a is a day where everybody has uh, the day off, <laughs> and it, which is kind of surprising because we're not the most religious country anymore. But I guess this is just one of the remnants of the days that uh, we... Uh, uh, we were all, you know, going to church on days like this. So I celebrated Mass this morning and then I, I just gave myself the day off. And so I've been uh, messing around here in the garden. As you know, the garden has been in a state of disarray for about uh, two years now. Ever since I came here, I've had plans to uh, start cleaning up this backyard. It hasn't been maintained for for years. Um the previous owners didn't have the time to do that. Plus, they were only staying here for about a year and a half. So they never got around to uh, um, uh, to, to do something about the garden. And then uh, the, the person who lived here before also wasn't a gardening person. So it's just been uh, maintained at a minimum level by uh, the volunteers here of the parish. And since they were building here on my left uh, the, the, the new extension of the, uh, of the community room, the community space, um, there was a lot of stuff in my garden because all the material for this extension, they all dumped it in my backyard. So I, I also didn't pay it much attention. But now it's springtime. The weather is lovely. It's another beautiful, gorgeous day. It's, it's not too warm, but it's very sunny. And the, the, the plants here... Under, on, under my windows, like here, here in front of the kitchen window, and there are some plants here. And on, on the left, uh, there's a small tree that's actually not in the right place because it's, it's growing so big that there's not much light coming through the, the big central window in my living room anymore. So maybe we'll have to see if we can uh, move this elsewhere. Uh, and all the other plants are starting to grow, as are all the weeds. And so I'm, I've got a small terrace here with some very old tiles and in between the tiles you've got all these plants and flowers <laughs> growing um, and there's a lot of moss we have a, a problem with the um, with the water if it's raining very hard uh, there, there's there's something that's botched up up, uh, up above uh, near the roof and so the water is just falling on this entire place and uh, on this entire on all these tiles and so there's a lot of moss here uh, which I want to remove so everything looks uh, looks nice and proper. I've also been uh, looking at some options for for uh, for gardening um, and growing my own uh, my own herbs. It's one of the things that I've always vowed I would do one day if I would have a, a garden to myself is to to make a small to to create a small patch of land where I would grow my own stuff. Maybe not vegetables because that's a lot of work, but herbs, why not? And I use a lot of herbs in the kitchen. So um, I'm heading actually to a place that I discovered yesterday, uh, which is a, a big center for gardening supplies. And it's not that far from here. And it's, it's, it's huge. And um, I need a few more pots for um, at least one herb that I'm currently growing, basil. Um, 
about half a year ago, I got a small basil plant and it was, uh, it was almost dead. It was one of those like tiny little pots and it didn't look like anything. Um, and so I, I was uh, inspired to see if I could save that plant and multiply it. So that's what I did. I looked up some videos on how to do that and uh, topped off some of the bigger um, plants, uh, put them in water for about a month until they started to develop roots. I repotted those or I put those in the earth and then they started to grow very slowly because it was a cold winter. And of course these plants need a lot of sunshine and also a lot of warmth, ideally 20 degrees Celsius at least. But throughout the winter, um, the temperature in my house was about 16 degrees. So they didn't grow uh, that much. But now that the sun is shining, I am very motivated to see if I can, if I can optimize those plants. It's a, it's a challenge to see if I can... Uh, uh, because why not? It's just basil. Uh, it needs some earth, some nutrients, um, and some pots. And so I am going to get uh, at least four more pots. I'll, I'll get the, the two liter ones. Um, I already have some, some earth with, which is uh, enriched with uh, nutrients. And, uh, and then I'll, I'll repot some of those, some of those plants. And uh, hopefully with the sunshine and the higher temperatures, I can get a lot of basil for my for my cooking. That's that's a, that's step number one. Just trying to get a hang of growing basil, and then I want to expand that to hopefully uh, over time, maybe not this year, but next year, to have a small um, patch in my garden with uh, with lots of other stuff as well. Um, but I'm a total novice. I don't have any experience with gardening, and. This this touches upon something I wanted to share with you today. Um, it's also I never something I never allowed myself to do because it felt so so pointless. After all, you can get your herbs and your legumes and vegetables and fruits. You can just buy them at the store. And isn't my time too valuable to be wasting it on gardening and stuff that other people can do much more efficiently? <laughs> and so. Uh, a morning like this morning, uh, where I was just kind of living the hobbit life, it, it, for a long time I never allowed myself to do that kind of stuff. Because it, it, it felt like wasted time. However, as you know, I've been going through quite a few changes in my life and new insights that um, time well spent is never lost. <laughs> and it... It doesn't really matter that much what you do, as long as what you do benefits you, benefits others. And I've noticed that taking more time for non-productive things, like walking, um, running, spending time with friends, uh, reading, all that stuff that is not work-related, it helps me to ground myself and to also um, give my brain more time to to be creative, to relax, to recharge, and it uh, it has taught me that if you preserve a good balance in your life between work and leisure and 
time for God and time for sports and for walking. All that contributes to the overall yield, you could say. And uh, it's like a bit, a, met, a good metaphor would be, um, would be gardening and um, the way in which we nowadays grow our food. If you, if you exploit the land and you try to maximize your yield and every year you plant the same plants, after a while, the, the soil is going to be so poor that nothing will grow. Um, or if you keep, um, if you never uh, prune a plant, this is one of the things that I learned from, from growing my own basil, if you don't prune plants, a lot of the energy will go to the upper leaves but they won't grow, they won't be motivated to uh, develop new branches. And so the funny thing of, of basil, which I never understood, is if you top them off regularly, the smaller branches on the, on the bottom will be stimulated to grow and maybe sometimes a, uh, one plant will develop several branches and they will get leaves. And so you get these very thick bushes of, of, um, of basil. But you have to prune, and pruning itself means restricting the plant to a certain extent. You take away leaves, uh, and that, and, and then after pruning a basil plant, you don't have much left, and it doesn't look like much. But over time, it will develop more roots, which will then gather more nutrients, and that will ultimately result in, in a better growing plant. And if you use that as a metaphor for work and for your, maybe for life in general, sometimes you have to prune your activities and take away some of the stuff. And it may at first feel like, well, what's left? There's not much left there. I've pruned so much. It can also be um, something you do with um, uh, maybe things in your life that once you felt you had to do. And now it's no longer necessary. Nobody asks you to. But they just kept cluttering up your life. So getting rid of all that clutter, either physical or mental, um, it, it, it's, a, it's a, a process of pruning. But ultimately, it will help you to develop deeper roots. And, and you will become a stronger plant afterwards. Uh, so this morning I was, I was uh, browsing through my TikTok feeds and I came across this video that was about this, about spiritual process of pruning. It didn't, wasn't labeled as such, but it made me think of what I was doing with the basil plants. And um, started off like this, was this uh, bearded man uh, who is a coach and he said, you know what, um, I encounter um, a number of people, some of which are my clients, that struggle with this constant feeling that they should do everything and they don't know what to choose. And I was immediately struck by that because I felt like, whoa, wait a minute, that, that's about me. I've often felt like that. And he said that they, they are overwhelmed by all the stuff that they feel they have to do or they have the talents for but nothing materializes. They don't know what it is they should ultimately choose to do. So they have difficulty doing anything at all because 
they feel like they have to do everything. And, uh, and then he explained that this is sometimes the result of a certain upbringing in which people were first um, explaining that you have to use your talents. Uh, you have to follow up on all the, these opportunities. You shouldn't waste an opportunity. But then that plethora of choice that that creates um, almost becomes a demand or the people internalize that as a, as a demand, something they have to do. And, and that immediately brought me back to my youth where we were often told to use the talents that God had given us And so that meant, in translation, that we had to work hard and try to become good at everything, to be good in school, uh, to try to do everything and develop every talent that we had, be it music or expression, creative talents, uh, talent to learn new languages, history, but also to maybe persevere in stuff that we didn't like and... Uh, Uh, like, like for me, it was math. I really didn't have a um, a, a beta. Is it called a beta brain? So I, everything that had to do, like physics and and uh, chemistry, uh, mathematics, uh, statistics, all that. Just my brain didn't didn't know how to deal with that stuff. Still doesn't. I'm not very good at that. But. That too was, was, was uh, well, but it's a challenge and you have to see how far you can get. Um, and I think that over time, it became almost, um, it, was, it was also connected to, um, to the Bible, to the gospel, where Jesus has this parable about the three people and they, they both get, they, they, all three of them get talents from their master and two work with those talents and, and uh, multiply them. And then there's the third one who's very afraid of his boss. And so he buries his talents in, in the ground and then digs them up and hands them back. And, and then he's the one who gets punished because he didn't do anything with those talents while his master was away. And oftentimes, since I was brought up in a religious family, that was used to motivate us to never waste a talent, to never waste time, to, to maximize every single moment of our lives to um, to develop our potential. It had also a downside, and that is that whenever we did things that, in the eyes of our parents, uh, weren't useful, or were a waste of time, that was also labeled as a, a waste of time, and something on the verge of sinful. It wasn't... It wasn't labeled directly like that but it was definitely implicit that that would be against what Jesus taught us so I've often felt guilty spending a lot of time playing video games for instance I was a, an early adopter of computers and I loved video games and I, I dreamt of having a, a, a computer on which I could play video games but my parents didn't want to give it when I say my parents it's usually my mother Um, my father wasn't that involved in, in, in stuff like that. Didn't, really, didn't talk to us that much. So it was mostly our mom uh, who said, uh, yeah, no, video games, it's, it's good for nothing. Uh, 
um, and and it's expensive and oh boy so in order to play video games what I did was I programmed them myself I created video games on in basic like a programming language and I would play those games um, I had friends that had like I had two friends and they had an Amiga which at the time was was top-notch uh, very powerful graphically if you're if you've ever seen the television series Babylon 5 the special effects were created on an Amiga <laughs> and uh, one of the reasons that people loved that computer was that you could play amazing games on those Amigas and so I dreamt of having one but you know never I was never encouraged to spend time and money on uh, all that sort of stuff so ultimately I did get a few computers on which I could play games um, and then I had a lot of other hobbies and sometimes it was condoned and appreciated and sometimes it, it, it wasn't and there was always this in the back of my mind this feeling that hmm, I should have done something else with my time and uh, it's, it's not like playtime is not as valuable as studying um, let alone you know the very virtuous stuff like uh, being uh, an altar boy and I don't know <laughs> helping helping other people doing the dishes all, all that sort of stuff was was very highly ranked whereas all the leisurely stuff sure okay you can do it as long as it doesn't interfere with your other duties um, and this this ongoing uh, education that you had to um, use all your talents I think made me very very competitive and uh, extremely motivated and sometimes even fearful that if I would not use my talents I wouldn't get approval um, or it, uh, I, I, I did not like it when I got criticized for not doing my best and so I was always working uh, to excel at everything. And there were a few, few things I didn't excel in, like sports. I wasn't good at sports. I, I did enjoy it, but as soon as it became too competitive, um, I kind of backed away from it. So that's how I never got involved in, in, in soccer, which was the most popular game in school, or sports in school, or, or hockey, which was the second one. I mean, just ho hockey on grass or... You know, field hockey, not uh, ice hockey. And I ended up first spending a few years uh, doing judo. So, uh, and then I never really, I wasn't really good at that because I was kind of small and uh, I wasn't fast enough for that, that sport. And, and then I switched to um, athletics. So with all the, you know... The, the, the rings and the whatnot. I forgot what it was all called. Individual sports where there wasn't as much pressure to to excel. Um, I think for the for the garden center, I have to turn left here, um, and then oh no, it's one. No, wait a minute. No, there should be an entrance there. There are two entrances. At least I see a car that goes to the right there. That may be the entrance to the parking lot. Anyway, 
so uh, I, I focused on the stuff that I was really good at, and I was never happy with just like a um, a seven out of ten. Uh, we we all we have a rating system in in Europe where yeah, ten points is the maximum, and so I, a lot of kids would would aim for a seven out of ten. I always felt like I have to have at least an eight or a nine out of ten. And, and preferably even a 10 out of 10. And I would work so hard in order to always try to uh, get the best results. And then that at one point led to paralysis when it came to my future. After high school or secondary school, I had to choose what I wanted to study. Because it was obvious that I had to go to university because both my parents had done university studies. And so uh, since I had um, lots of talent. I was a fast learner. Obviously, I had to go to the university and and study something useful. <laughs> and so, but I didn't know what there was. There was just so much that you could do, and I didn't know what I wanted myself because I was never taught to to think about that. So here's the entrance. This is garden center, the old toll. I don't know what that means actually. Toll. I think it's a uh, a toy that kids use, like they twirl it around. Anyway, so here's the entrance. Let me get one of these green baskets. And this is the first, this is huge. Actually, I thought it was only this small first uh, space and lots of flowers here and on the sides, um, pots in all sorts of colors and uh, different materials. But it's much bigger than this. They, in order to get to the to um, um, what's the name where you pay, <laughs> they they will let you walk through the entire premises. It's like a big greenhouse actually, and there's even a part outside. And I, I was there yesterday, and I, I I was just so happy to discover this because outside they they have all the fruit trees and plants. So if I walk outside here, you've got, um, here are all the plants, the, the, the plants that you can uh, buy uh, with blueberries and uh, uh, other, other types of berries like red berries, white berries. What else have they got here? Um, of course, grapes, all sorts of great plants. Um, Pears, apples, <laughs> thousands of different types of apples. Um, and I was, I was walking here, I was like, wow, I need to do something. Oh, figs, that's something I would love to have, a fig tree. Um, ever, ever since I ate like fresh figs in the south of Italy, I was like, why do people dry figs? Because the, the, the fresh ones are so good and dried. Uh, sure, they're edible, but they're... they're totally different from um, from the, the fresh one. So maybe I'll grow a fig tree, which is also kind of a biblical tree, right? And then everything smells so good here. It's literally, well, you've, you've noticed how, how close by this is. And they're now, today, of course, it's, since this is a day off, there are a lot of people here. But yesterday morning, I was here all by myself. And it was... It was as if I was in the Shire. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I had this paralysis as to, you know, what am I going to do? 
uh, what is my garden going to look like? Which plants am I going to plant and, and which one not? It's just there's so much choice. And, and maybe that is why I was so happy that at, at, at one point in my life I felt called to become a priest because that solved so many problems. You know, I could just do that. And it's just the one, it's one choice. There's only one, you know, a priest is a priest. <laughs> you don't have to make any other choices. Also, the, the road to the priesthood is very um, simple and to a certain extent. It's, it's not complicated. You do a couple of years of philosophy, a couple of years of theology and some pastoral work and then you're good to go. So it's solved a lot of problems. But that question, you know, what should I do, uh, wasn't... Here are the pots, by the way. It wasn't the end of, of uh, that dilemma because it returned in different forms and shapes. What should I study? Okay, let's see. These are... Hmm, three liters. That's maybe too big. I think I'll go for two liters. For, it's just for the plants, right? For the, for the basil and for the other herbs. So don't... They, you know, the bigger the pots are the more it can grow, but it also requires much more um, um, soil and nutrients and, of course, space. I think these work, work fine. I already bought four of them yesterday. And they, they're perfect for the windowsill. Perfect size. One, two, three, four. Uh, four of these that I... Oh, wait a minute. No, these are too big, right? Oh, now I know. I forgot which one I bought. Was it this one? Or maybe even a smaller size. I don't think the smaller size would work as well. Mm. Yeah, these work well. Huh. Now I'm, I'm wondering which ones I bought yesterday. Oh, well, it doesn't matter. This, these are different. I will just get the small ones. One, two, three, and four. These are to, um, whenever you water your plants, you, um, th these pots have uh, perforation on, on the bottom. Because you don't want water, uh, you don't want the, the soil to stay humid, because it, then the, the, the roots will start to rot. And so they are this, there's this uh, a little uh, uh, plate that you put under it, and it will... Uh, rec it will collect the excess water and that's it I don't think I need anything else um, wow wooden tulips cool <laughs> I love those I didn't see those yesterday and then here you've got the uh, the water section and you can see all sorts of ornaments with with flow, floating water that one even has has smoke <laughs> coming from the water seriously Oh my goodness. You can build your own your own fairy tale garden. I love this though. It's a bit kitschy, but it's nice anyway. And this is the ooh, didn't see those yesterday either. Um, aquariums for if you have fish. Got a few fish, but it's mostly the plants that you can buy here. Yeah, I used to have an aquarium when I was a kid. Lots of work though. So I'm not going to start that up again, that hobby. And this is for animal people that have pets. So lots of huge towers for cats, 
to uh, to jump on. What else have they got here? Oh, this is all for oh, like boots if you want to work in the garden, and this is all the the garden uh, furniture, like couches and tables, barbecue stuff. And here is even a, a restaurant. We're st- I'm still walking inside this huge greenhouse. And it's very busy. There's so many people. You can have a cup of coffee here and cake. And uh, warm, warm bread with sausage. Oof. Nice. Really nice place to hang out. Um, and this is all uh, for, I think also decoration. Like vases and beautiful ornaments. Fake flowers, like plastic flowers. And here are more regular plants. So this is kind of like where we started. Lots of flowers and, but I think these are more the kind of the cacti and the, the more durable plants or maybe more tropical ones because it's, it's very warm in this particular part of the, of the shop. Um, so the, this, this um, uh, choice paralysis, you know, what should I do? What should I spend my time on? That's still with me. I still, like, you've heard my, my endless ponderings about uh, YouTube channels and should I focus on TikTok or YouTube or podcasts or documentaries and I want everything. I want to do everything. Uh, and then I end up doing nothing. I think I just go here to number four and just place these here and pay for them. Hello. Deze alsjeblieft. Right, put this here and then pay. Okay. There we go. Oh, gotta enter my pin code. There we go. That works. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, please. Thanks. Have a good day. Bye-bye. It's funny how people just immediately switch to English when they see me recording my podcast in English. It's also because um, uh, Wageningen is nearby and there are lots of students that live there. So they're pretty used to an international audience. Hey, Jan. Oh, it's Jan and Ingrid. Hi. They're part of my running group. I didn't recognize them without their shirts. <laughs> We're always in uh, in running gear, so when you see them in regular clothes, like I don't even recognize them. <laughs> very kind people, um, and and very good runners as well. Especially Jan, he's a very fast runner. Um, I think he's a bit younger than I am, but it's still one of my examples. Like if he if he taught himself how to, to run that fast, I, I must be able to, to uh, up my speed as well. Let's see, is there a way to exit? No, there's no exit here. All right, let me go back and then uh, make a, a small detour through the woods. So, um, the, the, I think that this paralysis that is still so often a handicap to really fully engage is linked to this um, 
I think the, the upbringing, the, this was the, what the TikTok video um, taught me. He said, you know, oftentimes when I encounter this with my clients is because they internalize this, um, uh, this obligation to, uh, to maximize their productivity. Um, and I'm not sure if, the, if, if he used the same words, but this is how it resonated with me. I'll include a link to the, to the video in, um, in the show notes on fatheroderick.com in case you're interested. Uh, and so uh, he said that there is actually a difference between the things that you do because you feel that other people want you to do that and the things that you want to do. And for, for many people, that is a bit confusing. They have internalized everything. So they think that it's something they want to do and that it's their own motivation. But it's actually not. And it's creating friction. And this is where procrastination sometimes comes from. Where you keep pushing forward something because you, you, you resist it. And he said, uh, it's, procrastination is never an, uh, a problem of productivity. It's, it's not linked to um, time management. Procrastination is always an emotional problem. It's because something is causing friction and that's why you keep pushing it away. And he said one of the main things that often causes this friction is because you're not doing something that you want to do or you feel that it's your inner motivation that pushes you to do these things, but it's an internalized external demand that you want to uh, answer to. Uh, and and it, it, it was so eye-opening. I was like, yes, exactly. This is why I've always struggled with, um, uh, with uh, the, the, the plan of uh, doing a doctorate in theology. After I was ordained a priest, about two years later, I felt that I had to uh, write a thesis in, in theology. And so I went to see the bishop and asked if I could uh, pursue a doctorate after my master's in theology. And uh, the, not the bishop, but the people in the, in the diocese said, sure, but we want you to do that at the University of Utrecht because there's an institute there that focuses on Thomas Aquinas, medieval theology, so it would be wonderful if you could uh, join that research group and uh, maybe write a thesis on Thomas Aquinas. And I was immediately a bit like, hmm, I don't know about that. Sure, I mean, it's an important theo theologian, but I've never really uh, invested much in, in medieval theology. Um, it requires a pretty good knowledge of Latin, and especially the type of Latin uh, used and, and um, uh, yeah, used in, 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 in Thomas Aquinas' time. Uh, it, it also requires a lot of knowledge of other philosophers and, and uh, of the whole time period, which, you know, I, I, I know the big, uh, the broad strokes, but I've always specialized in, in modern theology. And so... I just didn't feel like that was something I was super motivated. But anyway, I thought, hey, I can do this. I'm, I'm, you know, if I apply myself, if I push myself, of course I can do this. 
but it wasn't something I I was looking forward to. And so for about a year and a half, I've been struggling, and I I, I tried several uh, topics, and uh, it, it was I just couldn't get the hang of it. And so after uh, about a year and a half, I, I just gave up. I went back to my bishop and said, "This is not working." Um, so I got uh, released of that of that project. So. But then that, that, that's still uh, that idea that I should, since I have the brain, the brains, since I ha- I'm still young, I have the energy, I should, of, of course, uh, pursue a doctorate. And that is after five years. That, uh, the reason that I went back to my bishop and asked if I could maybe go um, and study abroad. And then ultimately that ended in uh, me going to Rome. Um, but the plan there was, of course, uh, again, a, a doctorate in theology. And it's, it's the same story. I tried. I started uh, to research. This time I could choose myself. So I, um, I wanted to uh, write a doctorate thesis uh, on the communion of saints. Uh, st- started studying that. Had a promoter, so a, a priest who... Who, uh, or um, a teacher at the university, at the Gregorian University, who accompanied me. And I just, again, I was paralyzed. It's just like, I know I can do this and should do this, but I don't want to do this. And that's how I came across this advertisement for this media institute in the same uh, university building. And once I started to study that on the side, that's where the spark just put everything on fire and I was like I was loving it it's like man I didn't even know you could study this this is the most awesome thing and I worked so hard for two years and 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 the whole plan to write a thesis fell by the wayside and I just realized that I couldn't finish um, this uh, uh, the all these courses in media uh, if I would also have to write a thesis. So at first, again, this, I felt like, no, but I have to do this. Uh, I asked for um, more time, so another year in Rome, so maybe I could do both. And then they said, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Two years, that was the deal. So it's okay for, uh, for us if you continue um, your media studies, but then, um, yeah, no more doctorate. And so I've, I finished that, and I loved it. And of course, as you know, the rest is history. It's, it's, it's the heart of what I do. I love it. And, uh, but then after I came back to the Netherlands, I still had that nagging feeling that my life is not, is not complete until I have a doctorate in theology. So at one point, I started to explore if I could do uh, write a doctorate about... Um, Chrysostomus, like a church father, who was very much uh, um, a natural talent when it comes to to communication. It was a very good preacher and someone who also had ideas on how to um, how to preach the faith. Um, and I figured maybe if I study that, I can I can combine the best of both worlds. I can maybe do even an interdisciplinary type of uh, of doctorate uh, research. So I started. The, the third trajectory to to um, to write a thesis, 
And again, it went nowhere. I just was always procrastinating and I wasn't even in a, in a university environment anymore. I was just working in the parishes and doing my podcasting work and my television work. So I, of course, that was all more urgent, more interesting, more fun. So I never got around to doing more than a little bit of preliminary research. And at one point I realized this is not going to work. <laughs> I have to give up. So this idea that I have not used my talents until I've reached the maximum potential of that intellectual capacity. And it has to be a doctorate. It has to be a thesis. Now I know where that comes from. It's mainly because um, in, in, uh, in our family, we, we often talked about, uh, about study. And uh, my father uh, often told us, how he felt that he, he should have uh, written a thesis. Um, he, he studied law uh, and ultimately never got around because uh, we came around and he was a father and then just too busy with other work. But he felt that he should have done that. And somehow I've always seen that as a challenge that I should do what my father wasn't able to accomplish. You know, I had to prove that I could do it. And uh, the, that, that regret of my father that he never, um, never wrote a thesis, even though he had published so much and could have easily done it, I felt that as a request or as a, um, a mission that I should, I should realize what my father had wanted to do. So uh, speaking of an internalized uh, job or duty, that was never part of my own ambitions. It was something that I felt I had to do. But I kept procrastinating and it never went anywhere. Whereas in media, that was my thing. I loved it. And I, I was able to explore and try things out. And do, again, I loved it so much. And I've worked so hard because it was mine. It's something I, I love doing. And so that this is where that TikTok video uh, gave a, a very interesting tip. He said, if you want to learn to discern what you want to do and what is an external wish uh, and it's pressure from outside, to un un untangle that, just look at your to-do list. And ask yourself, with everything that's on your to-do list, and it, can, it doesn't have to be a, a practical to-do list, it can also be just a list of, of, you know, this is a bucket list, you know, this is what I want to do with my life. And ask yourself every time, if I, if I would do this, how would I feel? Would I feel relieved if I've done it? Or would I, uh, would I feel accomplishment? And... and that was that hit me uh, so hard this morning. He said, "If if it feels like a relief when you've done it, then it's probably something that you didn't want to do. That's not your own motivation. It's something that you felt external pressure to do that. And it's not that that's always unavoid that's always uh, unavoidable. Sometimes you, ha you just have to do." stuff because it's expected of you i mean but when it comes to these important things 
as, you know, what is my vocation? What is my true goal in life? Um, a good indicator of that is if you, if you would do it and you would feel accomplishment. You're proud of what you've done instead of just feeling, oh, I can tick that off, thankfully. I don't have to think about this for the next few weeks, you know. Um, but if you feel like, this is mine, I've done this, I'm so proud of this, I'm so happy with the end result, and that is probably an indication that it was internal motivation that made you do this. Um, and, and once I heard that, I felt this is such a, a useful tool to discern what to do and what not to do. And with that, I want to look at my, um, at my to-do list, at the things that occupy my mind. And I've, I've already learned that in the past I've done so much work, even in the field of communications in general, which is totally my thing. And yet I was still, again, uh, uh, falling into the same trap of, of uh, appropriating or, or internalizing um, demands that I thought that people had instead of pursuing what I felt attracted to and what was clearly something that gave energy back. Maybe that's another way to discern, you know, if it only takes away energy, but it doesn't give you energy, then there's something wrong in that balance. Of course, every, everything will also ask for a certain invest, investment of energy. Um, but it also gives energy back. For me, a good example is, is, uh, is the running. Uh, yeah, it, it costs a considerable amount of time. I have to put in a lot of effort. And sometimes, like today, this evening, there will be another training. And yet, I am just not really motivated. I would rather uh, just build Lego or something like that. I just want a day off. But I'm still going to that training because... I know that I'm going to feel so accomplished if I finish it and I get faster, I get healthier. And, and it feels like, wow, I'm, I'm doing what I love. And running is so, so good for me. And it feels so good to, to be fit and to, um, to have that, that physical exercise in my life. So anyway, uh, but it's, it's like if there's no return on investment... And you're only giving. I've had that with uh, um, a number of pastoral contacts that I've had recently. Where I felt uh, that it was a one-way street. And it, 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 I, I would make time to listen and to talk. Because I felt that, well, that's just part of the job. It's my duty. I have to do this. And uh, plus, uh, you know... Father Mauricio is still recovering from his uh, surgery. So, yeah, sure, I'll make time. But then it became uh, very demanding and it was just occupying my mind. And these were um, also issues that are clearly outside of my field of expertise and also outside of my appointment as a parish assistant. My mind should be on you, on the... On, my media audiences, on the work that I do. There's a lot there uh, that requires me to, um, to be fully available for this work. 
and you cannot combine it. I mean, just celebrating mass and, and telling a story and uh, uh, making up a homily, sure, I can do that. That's, that's, that's something I love to do, and it's also something that, uh, that gives me energy back. But And these more uh, complicated pastoral situations... It's, it's taking a lot of energy away from my other work. Uh, and you have to wonder, am I just doing this because I feel like I can't let people down, I cannot refuse this, it's, uh, it's just my duty? Maybe to a certain extent it is, and sometimes you also have to uh, trace a boundary and say, well, you know what, I have to refer you to other people uh, because I, I cannot handle this in combination with um, the pursuit of what I truly feel is my is my current vocation right now, and so yeah, <laughs> I'm stepping away from this. Um, I've noticed that that there are moments where I have to be very clear about my boundaries, and that's not easy because it means that you have to listen to your conscience. <laughs> And, uh, uh, and, and, and to say no. Which, you know, for people pleasers like me, it's always tricky. But I've learned that if I don't say no to certain things, I can't say yes to other things. Um, so anyway, we've had this discussion before. So um, I, it's not that I haven't made any progress, but this whole evaluation phase where I look at my, all, the, all the, the myriad of things that I could do, and then figuring out what I what is truly uh, feeding me and feeding others that helping that helps me tremendously to uh, to distinguish between what would give me relief and what would give me satisfaction. So, if I record a podcast like today, like right now, this is work, um, but. I'm motivated to share with you this story because I feel like, wow, this was so helpful to me. Um, I'm not sure if I'm clear enough in explaining this, but I hope it can help you as well. Um, so after I'm done recording this and posting this, I feel like, well, you know what? That was a, I liked having this conversation with you. Um, but then um, with, when it comes to uh, what I did with TikTok... I've had that same um, nagging feeling that I have to do this. I'm now stuck in this uh, certain approach. I have to talk about anime. I have to be very educational. Um, this is a golden opportunity. I've got more than 200,000 followers on TikTok. Um, I've, I have to do this. And I'm, over, I'm, and I'm constantly uh, overthinking it, procrastinating, and it creates friction. Why? Because instead of allowing my own enthusiasm about anime and about uh, movies and TV shows to let that be my guide and my, the source of my inspiration and motivation, I, I was replacing it with duty. Like, I have to do this because um, I have this audience that, that only wants me to do this. And wants me to do it just as well as the previous time. And if something doesn't go viral, I'm not doing my job. And, and before you know it, you have internalized an external pressure. That is, a, of course, just rubbish. It's not even there. I think a lot of people follow me 
<laughs> because they just enjoy whatever I share. And, and there may be lots of people that would love it if I would create the same kind of content every week. But, you know, if, if I don't, it's not a problem. It's not going to destroy their lives. <laughs> they can just scroll on to the next video. Um, so it's just something that I tell myself. And, and, and because it's external pressure and it's no longer motivated by the joy of sharing, I keep procrastinating. And why don't I have that with podcasting? Because I just love chatting with you. I just, I, I enjoy doing this. Um, so that, that's very helpful. So in order to maybe uh, rediscover what, tic- what I could do on TikTok and what TikTok can do to me, just let go of that obligation that it has to be the exact same thing that went viral last year and just do whatever. And, and don't be afraid to experiment with it. And if you don't feel like it, well, you, you don't. You don't. As, as soon as it becomes a duty um, and it's no longer your own motivation to do that, then it's doing more harm than good. So with that, I'm looking at, at all these things. And of course, this is a, a work in progress. I still uh, have a lot of choices to make in the future. But every time I'm presented with something that I feel is causing friction and I'm, I have a tendency to procrastinate, I have to ask myself the honest question. Uh, do you do this just because you want to feel relieved that you've done it? Because you, you've... Uh, accomplished something that you think someone else is asking of you or would this bring accomplishment and every time like um, one thing I feel super accomplished uh, about is what is this experiment that I did last week where um, I, I slightly tweaked the way in which I recorded the break my podcast and I made sure that I created a few individual segments that I could then later on isolate and repost on YouTube as a video. And that worked out really well. I still made some mistakes and uh, the the podcast was uh, longer than I wanted to. But it was a a first try and I'm going to do this uh, with the next episode as well. And I'm sure that if I continue to do this and tweak this, This will allow me to post a new video on YouTube every single day. And it doesn't cost me more, any more time. It's just being smarter uh, rather than working harder. And so I feel this sense of accomplishment, like it totally worked out. And I'm excited about this. And and I'm even more motivated now to do better with the next episode. So it solved two problems. It solved... Um, well, no, it's sort of one big problem. Is like, how, how do I stay present? How do I cater to my YouTube followers? And there are 30,000 of them, which is a lot more people that follow me than, uh, than that I have listeners to my podcast. But at the same time, it also helps me to use that internal motivation that I have to record a, a new episode of The Break every week. But to share that with an even bigger audience. And I love that. And I feel like, yes, I've discovered something and this is a cool hack. 
Um, and I'm proud of that. And I'm happy with that. So that's a good sign. That means, you know, I have to continue. Uh, this, this, is, this is part of... Um, this is worth investing in. And then, for instance, another thing that is more uh, like a, an accomplishment of a duty is uh, recording these long-form uh, reviews of, of, of television series and Star Wars for the patrons. You know, that, that started off, it felt like a good idea, but very quickly became a chore. And something, oh, oh my gosh, I... Oh. I got to spend several hours preparing this and then I'll be very stressed during the recording because I feel like I have to um, do a good job with this. Um, it was costing so much energy. But it, it was just something I felt like, well, no, I promised this to the patrons and this is, this is the way that you should do Patreon. You know, you have to create perks for every tier. And, but it wasn't really motivated Sure, I love to talk about Star Wars. I love to review episodes. But I've, I've just realized that creating these hour-long, in-depth podcasts, that only costs me energy. And it doesn't yield anything. It does, well, it, of course, I, I make some people happy. But <laughs> there's, no return of, there's no return on the, of investment when it comes to energy. I'm not intrinsically motivated to do this. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to review episodes uh, of television shows. I'm not going to review movies anymore. No. It's just that maybe I'll have to find another way to do this. Uh, I can't obviously do that during the break because it's uh, oftentimes also a discussion of spoilers. And I have a rule that on the break I want to uh, keep it spoiler-free so everyone can listen. But, but there are different ways in which I can do this. Uh, I don't know how exactly, but I, I know that what I've been doing, so what I've been trying out for a while, doesn't work. Because it, it only feels like a relief once I finish this, but it doesn't feel like an accomplishment. It almost feels like, oh, I'm doing this, but I shouldn't be doing this. Well, that's a, that's a good sign that it's not what you're supposed to do. That's what I wanted to share with you. I'm almost home. Uh, it's really warm now <laughs> because the sun is warm and I'm, I'm, I'm walking, but uh, I'm going to uh, work a little bit more on those, uh, on those um, basil plants uh, and repot them. And hopefully that will return in, uh, the return on, on that investment will be many uh, evenings with good Italian food. So <laughs> that's what I'm aiming for. Thank you so much for the privilege of your time. Hope this was helpful. Uh, again, if you want to see the original video um, that I mentioned several times, um, just go to fatherroderick.com and look in the show notes. Um, you'll find a link. All right. Talk to you all later. And have a wonderful rest of your day. God bless.